Welcome to the Richard Blackbee Leadership Podcast, helping people take their leadership to the next level. Brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. Well, it's good to be back with you, Richard, on the Leadership Podcast. Well, thanks, Sam. It's always great to uh, to be talking with you and, yeah. and hearing from our listeners. If you have any questions about uh, leadership or questions for Richard, uh, we'd love to hear from you. As always, uh, you can email us podcast at at, Rich, at, at Richard Blackaby. <laughs> oh boy, podcast at blackaby.org, or they can catch us on social media. Where, where, what's your handle on Twitter, Richard? Well, just at Richard Blackaby Twitter, right. uh, and uh, that's probably one of the good ways. But, yeah, uh, yeah. We and we're trying to be very practical and address real issues people are facing. So give yeah. us those real issues. We'll be glad to wade in and at least offer some thoughts on that. Absolutely. And so uh, today we're talking about uh, leaving a legacy. Yeah. And so I, I want to start out first with saying that you you come from uh, a legacy yourself, mm-hmm. and uh, you know your children are walking with the Lord. And one day your grandchildren will walk with the Lord. They're growing up in the church. And so uh, first let me just ask, like, how far back does your legacy go? You know, I, I, I'm terrible as someone who has a Ph.D. in history that I've not done a better job of, uh, of really studying my family tree as well as I should. But uh, people know uh, that in my generation, uh, all I, there's uh, five children of my siblings, I'm I'm the the oldest of five. We're all in ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my dad, of course, Henry Blackaby, is a well-known minister. Uh, his uh, uh, he has a, a younger brother whose kids are all serving uh, the Lord in, in ministry as well. And uh, his uh, his brother was a deacon in the church uh, and faithful supporter of uh, his church ministries for many, many years. Yeah. Uh, his father was a layman, but was a, also a church planter and a preacher. He was a banker, but started lots of churches as well. And uh, was a, a great evangelist. Uh, and uh, his, uh, his dad's dad went to Spurgeon's college in London when Spurgeon was, uh, wow. was leading that church. And, uh, and both of his uncles as well, the, the three brothers all went to Spurgeon's college. Wow. And uh, you just keep on going up line, and there's, uh, you just find Blackaby ministers all over the place, as far up the family tree as you can go. So uh, certainly by the time it gets down to my generation and, and younger, uh, we, we're without excuse. We've, we've had just generation after generation of godly uh, uh, ministers and lay people that serve God. And so it's quite a heritage. Right. And, and that's, it seems quite uncommon as well. It is. Yeah, it is. And because it's difficult, uh, it's challenging to pass on the faith, especially in these days. You know, Sam, I, I would say that uh, I, I speak in lots of meetings and talk to lots of people and certainly one of the most heartbreaking things that people will share with me is that they raise their children up in church, going every Sunday, going to youth activities and so on. But when their kids went to college, uh, they walked away from God. And uh, statistics say uh, that now at least 67% of, of kids who were going to church regularly as teenagers uh, will drop out of church and mm-hmm. maybe leave the faith entirely by the time uh, they hit 
university. So it may go without even asking, but but why is legacy something that, that people should strive for? Well, I think that's God's plan. Uh, there, my dad used to always quote uh, Isaiah 59, verse 21. God is saying, as for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them, my spirit who is upon you and my words which... I put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants, says uh, the Lord, uh, from this time and forevermore. And uh, I I think that God's plan is uh, to raise up godly seed, as is often the the phrase is used in the Bible. But uh, and when you think about it, if every generation stands upon the spiritual shoulders of the generation before then every generation is going to be more godly, more effective as Christian leaders, know the Bible better, have even more of an ingrained uh, sensitivity to God. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, I've, I may have shared before that uh, my grandfather wrote a couple of poems uh, that were published in an anthology at one point when he was older in life. Uh, my dad was 55 when he wrote Experiencing God. I was about 32 or so when I wrote my first book. Uh, my sons were in their early 20s when they uh, wrote their first book. And so we joke and say my grandkids will probably still be preschoolers. when right, they write. They, yeah. Every generation, they've uh, authored books at an earlier, earlier age uh, because they've grown up in that environment of reading and thinking and writing and uh, and so I think in so many areas, if you can have several generations in a row that are walking with God, uh, they're, they're just going to get better at it. It's going to be second nature to them. And, right. and so they'll have a greater impact on their society and their culture. And I think that's God's plan is just if you, if you keep standing on the shoulder of the generation before you, you go higher and higher over time. Yeah, which I think begs the question, how do you how do you build that legacy? Because I think people listening will say, yeah, of course that's the plan and, and that sounds great, sign sign me up. But that's not always how it happens. Yeah, unfortunately. I, and uh, well, I think that there's several things that I would say about that. And of course, I'm not necessarily an expert, but but that's been my life. I've, I've grown up with legacy. Yeah. And, uh, as best I can, I've been able to pass that on to my kids. Uh, of course, all three of my kids have been to seminary, are in ministry. Uh, my the two sons have PhDs in apologetics, and uh, Carrie, my daughter, has got two master's degrees, and all very solid Christians and serving in in a Christian capacity, Christian ministries. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple things I would say. One is you've got to be intentional about it. I think too many parents are. They assume that by simply mm. the fact that they they drag their kids to church on Sundays that somehow it's all going to take. Uh, oftentimes the problem is that we were way too passive about it. We just we and and we sort of assume that the church or the youth pastor is going to do all the the heavy lifting. Yeah, I just get them to church and then the Sunday school teachers and youth workers they make my kids into strong Christians. But that that responsibility has always. Uh, been with the parents primarily you 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 want that the church should should support what you're doing but it doesn't take the place of what you're doing mm. you've got to be responsible and so that means you're intentional about it that means that you're you have that before you all the time uh, the problem is a lot of times parents don't even really think much about it until their kids are 18 and suddenly 
uh, getting into trouble and, and, and being tempted by the world and starting to uh, talk about these uh, atheistic philosophies. And now the parents are alarmed, but uh, they should have been intentionally uh, building up their kids and preparing them long before then. They, they wait till the, their child's on heretical fire kind of thing, and then they try to put the fire out. But uh, they should have they should have been on top of that long before. So, you know, there's several things I would say. One is just be, uh, go, basically provide a model. Yeah. You know, I would say for my dad and for my granddad, uh, both my grandfathers uh, were, were Christian lay people, but they were not perfect. There, there's some things that they had some glaring flaws. I think both my grandparents and my father uh, had some things he did that I've chosen not to do because I think they just, they had their weak areas. But what, what I would say is though their love for God was unmistakable. Yeah. And their commitment to obey God was un, unmistakable. Uh, my grandfather on my mother's side was a salesman, worked at, at Sears. Uh, he retired early and went off to the mission field to Africa, uh, to be a missionary in his later years. Uh, my, my, grandfather my father's side was a bank manager but uh, every time he transferred somewhere where there wasn't a church he just started one and he'd he'd rent a facility with his own money and he'd do the preaching till they could get somebody and he he was regularly leading people to faith in Christ and so he didn't just talk he didn't just drag his kids to church uh, my father saw his dad serving God with all of his heart yeah. and uh, serving with integrity uh, certainly hypocrisies one of the greatest stumbling blocks to the next generation. Yeah. It doesn't matter what we tell our kids are important if they see that we're not living it ourselves, we're not practicing it. Uh, and I'll tell you right now, if you're going to be a hypocrite in your home, you're not going to have a spiritual legacy. Mm. Uh, hypocrisy will trip up your kids faster than anything. So Yeah, and I've, and I've heard you even mention before how, you know, parents will say, yeah, you know, we, we value church, we go to church, except when, you know, you have a baseball game right. or some sport activity that interferes with church, and that sort of starts setting the stage that, you know, the kids see, hey, church is important as long as there's not something more important that yeah. comes along. Yeah, it's it's obviously it's not the most important thing because there's lots of things trump church or, you know, we could talk about really believing the Bible, but if your kids never see you with the Bible during the week, if the only time they see their mom or dad with the Bible in their hands is on their way to church on Sunday morning, then you can tell them the Bible's important and that they should base their life on it, but they haven't witnessed that in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can say prayer is important, but uh, if they don't hear you pray at home, they don't see you praying for, for others, uh, then what you do is going to trump what you say. I, uh, you know, I think uh, th- there's just a number of things I think that I've, my own experience really helped me. Uh, one is too, my, my dad taught his kids how to think. I, I, in, in a lot of homes, Christian homes, I just don't see that. Uh, I, a lot of Christian homes, you, you see the mom or dad, they're never reading anything. They're, they're, maybe they're watching TV. Uh, maybe they're outside playing golf, but you don't see them intentionally growing. You don't see them sitting around the dinner table telling their kids about some exciting truth they read about that week in their study. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I, I've, I've been challenged uh, with my kids. You know, you sit around the dinner table and you don't just talk about the weather and politics or sports. Yeah. You know, I, 
I know a lot of parents that can talk passionately with their kids about their college football team, but they never talk about the things of God, about what God has taught them that week or what they, they read in their quiet time that morning that was so exciting. Uh, and so, of course, if the only thing they see you excited about is football or, or weather or your golf game or uh, the, the movie that you went to, then that's what they're going to be excited about. Yeah. And so I, I, I just remember uh, my dad and mom talking about what God had done and how excited they were about that. And uh, my dad would get us talking about stuff uh, and he'd ask us questions that made us think. And if we gave a kind of a flippant, shallow answer, he'd push back with another question and, and he'd, he made us have to think. And uh, I, don't, I don't see that as much uh, in Christian homes these days uh, where mm. uh, the other day now my, my kids are all grown now uh, but we were on vacation recently and and I know a bunch of my kids uh, were all just kind of debating about a theological philosophical issue and uh, my wife Lisa was actually getting a little uh, concerned because there's pretty pretty uh, heartfelt uh, passionate yeah. conversation going on and she, of course she doesn't like conflict in our home and she wants everyone to get along and and I had to say to her this is this is good I said uh, <laughs> stop uh, here we are at the beach I mean we're, we're here you know on the on the be- in the beach with a beautiful uh, vacation home that we're we're making use of and uh, but they're talking about philosophy and theology and and they love each other they're not putting each other down they're being respectful they're just they're just pushing back and forth yeah. with their thoughts, and because they're they're well read, they they they've thought, and they're they're processing stuff, and they're they're wrestling with stuff. And I, I said I love that when I hear that in my home with my kids that are talking about deep stuff, meaningful things, yeah, not just uh, some a score of a game that uh, won't matter next year anyway. Especially if you cheer for Buffalo. <laughs> hey, hey, no, oh, don't, oh. don't get don't get personal there. Uh, so you know I. I would say, uh, and, and the reason you want your kids to think is because uh, when they get to college, all of a sudden their thinking is going to be challenged. And, yeah. and we've got a bunch of Christian kids who've gone to church all their life, but they've not been taught to think. They're just just memorize these answers. You know, who built the ark? You know, Noah did, and who parted the Red Sea? Moses did, and then you then you get to to first year university and your very belief in the Bible is being challenged and mocked, and the authority of Scripture is being question and these kids have never been taught to think they've never had anything pushed back on them they've never had to refute atheistic philosophy and uh, they're just they're just sitting ducks uh for opponents of christianity yeah and so i would say teach them how to think ahead of time push them back throw some stuff at them and challenge their faith around the dinner table where they have to defend it, and they have to—they—they're prepared for the kind of arguments and criticisms that are inevitably going to come, uh, and give and arm them ahead of time. We're we're sending way too many kids defensive, defenselessly, into secular universities where they have no skills, no preparation, no ammunition to fight back, and uh, they're going down mm. uh, by the thousands. And so, be intentional about teaching your kids how to think. Give them some solid books to read that will bolster their faith and help them to think through the issues with some of the great minds of Christianity uh, yeah. and uh, build stuff intentionally into them. That means you've got to be doing that. Right. It means you've got to know those books. Uh, I remember uh, 
uh, CEO uh, one day showing me on his uh, iPad a whole bunch of great, great uh, books on apologetics that, I mean, are high-level books. And I asked him, I said, I'm, I'm impressed. Why are you reading all these, these great books? These belong in seminary-level, master's, even PhD-level studies. And uh, he had a son at the time that was wrestling with some of these issues. And he said, I, I want to keep up. I want to be informed. Mm. I want to be able to help my son. And I, I, I just commended him and said, well, your son is most fortunate then because he's got a dad that's willing to read hard stuff so that you can engage him at a, at a deep level and get your son thinking and responding to the criticisms that are coming. Well, good. Let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll look at how else we can build that legacy. Twice a year, Black Bean Ministries hosts a spiritual leadership coaching workshop in the Atlanta area. The focus of this workshop is learning how to ask the right questions to help move people onto God's agenda. The next workshop is May 6th through 8th, and registration is now open. The early bird rate is available until April 1st, and space is limited. To find out more and to register, visit blackbeecoaching.org. Links will be in the show notes. So, Richard, I just I get the sense that, uh, you know, building a a legacy, a, a spiritual Christian legacy, you know, I, I think that if you ask any Christian uh, when they think about legacy, they, they want to have that spiritual legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the struggle is often in, in going about making that happen and and being intentional with your kids, as you've already said. What are some, we've already looked at some ways how we can do that. What are what are some other ways that we can be intentional about leaving a legacy in our families? Uh, you know, Sam, there's, there's a lot of things. Uh, uh, let me maybe just fire off several. One is um, don't badmouth the church. Don't badmouth mm-hmm. your pastor. I've known folks that uh, they, they were constantly criticizing what their church was doing, constantly criticizing the pastor for his sermon or how he was leading. And then to their bewilderment, their kids grew up and had no respect for the church or for the leadership. Mm. And uh, of course, there are some people that are chronic complainers, but that that doesn't mean they're not going to go to church. But our kids are not going to go somewhere that they've heard their dad or their mom criticize all their growing up years. So be careful that you don't uh, smear the church um, unknowingly. To you, you're just kind of grumbling and complaining, but you, that doesn't mean you're not going to go to church, but that's not necessarily the case for your kids. Yeah. That's not the message that they're hearing. They're yeah. just saying, dad, boy, he, he never seemed happy with the church. I don't know why he wasted his time going. Hmm. So be careful about that. Um, I, I, I would also say, uh, build bridges to your kids early in life. What happens a lot of times is, especially with dads, they're busy going to work and their career, and maybe maybe the mom is as well, but they're they're preoccupied with so many different things early on in life, and then when their kids turn uh, become teenagers, all of a sudden they panic. Uh oh, they're they're starting to get into stuff and hear stuff that concerns me, so I need to sit my son my teenage son down and have a heart to heart with him. The problem is they haven't had heart to hearts for the first 16 years of their relationship. And so at 16, your child's not that interested now. They don't trust you. Uh, They don't know you. Uh, They don't know your heart. So uh, Mm. as early as possible, build a relationship with your kids where you you do dialogue. And I'll I'll never forget one of the most powerful lessons I learned uh, from my wife. My oldest son, Mike, when he was about six, 
was he started going to school and he'd come home and uh, I'd want to talk to him about what he was learning and and what it was like at school, what his teacher was like. And Mike wanted to talk about G.I. Joe's and his uh, action figures. And I kept trying to, you know, cut past that and get to the stuff I cared about. And Lisa pulled me aside one day when I was kept cutting Mike off and trying to change the subject to what I was concerned about. And, uh, and she just gave me some good advice. She just said, Richard, if, if it's six, uh, Mike learns that he can come and talk to his dad about whatever it is that's foremost on his heart and, and attention now. When he's 16, he's going to have a well-worn path and he'll be in a habit of telling his dad whatever is important to him. Mm-hmm. And at 16, it's going to be entirely different than six. Yeah. But you can't ignore him till he's 16 and then say, now, bear your soul to me. <laughs> yeah. But if he's been bearing his soul to you since he was six or four, it'll be much more comfortable to do that. Yeah. And so uh, if you wanted to maybe help try to cut down on the casualty rate in your own home, uh, build that relationship early when they want to talk to you. They, they'll, they'll talk your ear off, and it may be about stuff you could care less about, but just listen and show interest anyway, because one day they, they'll come and talk to you about stuff that you do care about yeah. and is important, and now you have a relationship to process that. Um, you know, I, I, I think another thing that I found in my own life was drive your kids to God as quickly as you can. And one of the mistakes I think we often make is that our kids will come and ask us questions and we'll, we'll answer them. Uh, I remember my dad, I, I would often go to him and say, Dad, what do you think I should do? He would say, I think you should go to God and ask him. And mm-hmm. I'd say, well, Dad, yeah, okay, I'll pray, but, I, but what do you think I should do? And he would say, I think you should go to God. Uh, and Dad later explained, he said, uh, Richard, I, I'm not God. I don't know the future like God does. And I'm not always going to be around. So if I always answered your questions, I would be training you just to always come to me every time you had a question. But if I teach you to go to God and recognize his voice and find his guidance, God's always going to be available to you, uh, even uh, 50, 60, 70 years from now. So Mm. uh, I'm preparing you long term to learn to rely upon God. And so, again, if you want your kids to grow up uh, trusting in God and seeking his counsel, then don't don't uh, try to be a substitute for God. Don't try to take God's place and do the Spirit's work. Teach your kids at an early age that they can go to God and uh, they can get answers. Uh, a couple other things I'd say is grow as a parent. I know people that are great parents of six-year-olds, but when their kid turns 16, they're still parenting as if their child was six. Uh, parenting a teenager is very different than parenting a six-year-old or a two-year-old. Parents have to grow as leaders as they relate to their kids. And I see sometimes the problem with some uh, parent-child relationships is that the parents stop growing mm. and they, they'd stop developing skills and now they're out of date. They're, 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 their teenage kid is frustrated because they're still being treated like a kid instead of a teenager. And uh, so they don't necessarily want to hear what their parents have to say anymore because it's demeaning to them. It's not respectful uh, toward them as they feel they deserve. And so I'd say you've got to keep growing. You've got to keep working at it. Uh, you know, I, I was not always uh, around as much as I'd like to be. I've always traveled for most of my adult life and means I, I miss out on some things. I'm not home for some activities. Uh, my kids uh, go to bed at night and I'm in another country. But uh, as best I could, I tried to be accessible, available, had uh, 
I remember landing uh, on a flight one time. I, I, t- I touched down. I turned on my cell phone. I had, I had an email from one child, a Facebook message from another child, and a text message from a third child. All three children had <laughs> communicated with a different medium. And before we got to the gate, uh, I'd already answered all three of them, trying to stay in touch as best I could. It's, of course, not always as ideal, but it's, it's saying I want to I want to work at it. And uh, I, I coached uh, my two boys, a couple of their different sports teams, just trying to be around them. Uh, I remember one time coaching my two boys in uh, inline hockey on a Saturday morning, and I had... I was the seminary president at the time and had graduation that Saturday afternoon and actually coached in a full suit and tie on a Saturday morning down at the <laughs> local arena. I know I looked like some overzealous dad that was taking his coaching far too seriously, but as soon as that the whistle sounded and the game was over, which fortunately on that day we won, that's, uh, that's I, I raced to the parking lot, jumped in my car, raced over to a church where we were having graduation, They've got my doctoral gown all steamed and ready to, to throw on me as I'm running in the building. Everybody's already lined up, and I I led a processional down to the front of the auditorium. Uh, moments after, I'd been shouting at the ref and urging on my <laughs> players. Uh, but as best I could, my kids knew I, I couldn't always be present, but if I was physically, if it was at all physically possible, I was going to try to be there for them. And... Uh, that's the kind of stuff you just you work at, you, yeah. you're intentional about. But, but your kids know that. They, if they know that you're there for them, that you support them, then there'll come times when they'll face uh, some challenging times. And uh, but, but, but now they'll trust you uh, with what you're saying to them because they know you, you, you do love them. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I'd just probably say is just encourage your kids to seek the, the purposes of God. You know, too often we just say, well, what do you want to do with your life? Or you could make a lot of money if you did this. Or if you went to that college, you would, uh, that's where I went. Uh, but, but, but early on, I, I would ask my kids, uh, what do you think God wants for your life? You know, my kids all ended up in one form of ministry or another, but I didn't pressure them and, and try to, you know, corner them and, and, uh, aim them toward being in ministry like I was. I just kept asking, what do you think God wants you to do? How has God wired you? How has God gifted you? What passions has God given you? And I'd just keep coming back with that. And uh, you got if you if you ask the wrong questions, you get the wrong answers. Yeah. And I so I didn't necessarily just ask, well what how do you think you'd make the most money? Uh, what job could you get where there looks like there'll be lots of opportunities down the road? I'd say, what what has God put on your heart? How how do you think you could, what kind of work do you think you could do that would just really satisfy everything that God's built into your life? And uh, and uh, for my second son, Daniel, he got out of high school and didn't know what to do with his life. And so I sent him for a year uh, to do mission work. And I, I flew him all around the world, put him up with some great, great Christian leaders, world changers. And just said, just get out there around some people who are changing the world, see the world, uh, and then let God just kind of put on your heart what, why He created you and why He wired you the way He did. And uh, but I, I didn't want Him just sitting at home in my basement trying to figure out His life. Yeah. I, I wanted to know the world's a big and needy place, and God has gifted you in lots of ways. So so let God show you why He wired you the way He did. And uh, and realize that you have one life to live, 
uh, and your life needs to make a difference. And so uh, get, get, get your kids facing some big issues and knowing the significance of being in God's will and, uh, and then leave, leave that to God to guide them to where he wants them to be. But there, there's a lot to be said, and we'll come back to this uh, probably again and again because of all the places where your leadership really needs to count, probably no place more so than in your own home. Yeah, well, I certainly get the sense that, that we could go on for, for could. much longer. We could. <laughs> but uh, I think we'll stop it here. And uh, just be sure and send us your questions yeah. uh, as you listen, as um, things come up. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, until next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, review us on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. If you have questions or comments, please email us at podcast at blackbee.org.